Hello and welcome to the Steeplest Church podcast. My name is John Kimmel Jr. I am the associate pastor at Steeplest Church and I'm here with my father and we wanted to talk about uh, the main points of a sermon that we did on July 31st, 2022. You can look that up on YouTube. It will be in the description of this uh, podcast. We also have um, links there to our Facebook um, we uh, to our website where you can contact us with any questions you have, anything you need from us. Uh, we'd be happy to help. Also, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Um, but the recording is already up on YouTube if you want to go watch it before you hear this, but you don't need to watch it to hear this. We just wanted to go over the main points and uh, share with each other our thoughts on the sermon. Um, yeah, so that sermon was about abundant life. And so, John, the first question I wanted to pose to you, because uh, even though it was on abundant life, God wants us to have an abundant life. But almost everyone in the Bible who follows God well is financially poor and very often is martyred for their faith. Uh, is that is this consistent with an abundant life? Uh, so I like this question because it, it focuses really on the American standpoint of what we would think an abundant life is. And really, if you were to go ask someone maybe in Africa or some of the poorer countries in Asia and ask them, what do you think an abundant life is? I think they would be more on the track of what an abundant life actually looks like. Uh, I don't think they would immediately say for me to be super rich. Um, and we assume that an abundant life means that we would be rich. And of course, there are times in the Old Testament when God does promise um, six, uh, successful uh, and rich life for the Israelites. But that is not what we're talking about here. An abundant life in this meaning would be a life of peace, a life of joy, and a life of uh, close relationships with others who love, whom love you and who you can share your life with. Uh, I think often Americans misunderstand the point of an abundant life, and we think of you know being financially. Um, well off and things like that, but that's not what, really what God is going for when he promises an, us an abundant life. Um, he promises us that we will be, um, we will have an abundant life in him rather than having an abundant life um, of physical possessions or anything along those lines. Excellent. <clears throat> so dad, you talked about uh, the good shepherd and the false shepherd in this sermon that you just did. Who would the false shepherds be today? Yeah, that was a point that I was hoping everyone would really catch because I think it's so very important. I think, um, you know, when we talk about the good shepherd, it's it's really specific. There is only one who leads to heaven and that's Jesus. That's it. And society, first of all, has this totally incorrect opinion that all paths lead to heaven. If you're a Muslim, if you're a Hindu, uh, somehow, some way, it all leads to the same God. We're just worshiping that God in a different way. Um, and, and they're partially correct, but they're really, really incorrect in the fact that it's not the same God. Um, God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the true God, is unique. And everyone else is following another God, and it's all one, and that's Satan. And that's what people don't get. If you're, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Hindu, if you're an atheist, if you just bury your head in the sand, 
in every one of those cases, you are following Satan. Those He uses all these different tactics to deceive people. And that's why he's the false shepherd, because he he essentially is giving you a, oh, you know, his version of the way to heaven, which, of course, leads straight to hell. Um, and so it's really important for people to realize you only have two choices. And the choices are follow Jesus or don't follow Jesus. And if you don't follow Jesus, you're actually following Satan. There's no, there is no door number three. Um, you know, part of what we talked about that doorway uh, is, you know, we, we talked about it being narrow. So why is the doorway John to heaven so narrow? Why will so few people find it? Yeah, and so uh, I think of uh, one of the main things I always address when I talk about hell with people is that I wish we would stop thinking about it as only punishment because in reality, uh, while it is punishment, that uh, certainly if you read the Bible, that is not the main way that God wants you to come to him. Certainly there are people that come to God because of their fear of hell but the main way that people come to him is through the love of God, through the love of others that God has allowed them to show um, through his power. Um, and the doorway is so narrow because, uh, well, first of all, we all, and we've all felt this before, we all love to sin. You know, sin is something that we all do because it's fun. You know, and nobody likes to be wrong <laughs> and nobody likes to really change, especially once you're an adult. It's very hard to get someone to change their actions, their belief system, because we're all ingrained. And, in, you know, the Bible does talk about pride being one of the most um, overwhelming sins. And I think that a lot of it is just our pride of not wanting to be wrong. And so we ignore uh, anything that may come at us that we don't agree with because we don't want to be wrong. And um, people, uh, you know, don't want to don't want to follow Christ because, uh, honestly, a lot of people are ignorant about what uh, Christianity really is. They think of it as a rule book. And by the way, when I say ignorant, I mean no um, negative meaning to that. I simply mean they don't realize what the Bible actually says, and that is that God loves us, God wants the best for us, that going to heaven is the best thing for us, that obeying God is the best thing for us because it's the best thing for our relationships, it's the best thing for our mental health, our physical health, you know. Um, God wants us to be as good as we can be, and that is to love him and love others. I mean, that wouldn't it be nice if you never got cut off in traffic? Wouldn't it be nice if people actually cared about you and they actually wanted to know how you were doing? I mean, so many of us have almost nobody in our life who really cares about us that way. And that's what God wants us to do, to actually love people, not just pretend to love people. It's about your heart. It's not about um, always uh, how we um, feel about things. And so um, I think that's why the doorway is so narrow is because the pride overwhelms us or whatever. People are just simply, they don't know what Christianity is. Um a lot of people don't want to follow God. It's hard. I mean, it is a hard life. God does not promise us that our life is going to be great. God promises, in fact, God promises us suffering. That was one of the whole points of the sermon, um, is that while God gives us abundance, he also gives us suffering. Um, and But if you ask a, a true Christian who has followed God 
is it worth it at the end of their life? They're absolutely going to say yes because they will be fulfilled. You have a purpose because you have people who love you. You actually love people. You, Your life just changes so much from being all about yourself to being about others. And that's one of the main goals of the Christian life is to love others. Um, and I, I think that's hard for a lot of people to truly give up their own desires for the desires of God. And that's why I think one of the main reasons why the doorway is so narrow, Deb. Uh, <clears throat> so in the story that you said it's in the sermon, uh, you mentioned behind both neighborhoods on the left and on the right side of the street, it faded to black. And what is the significance of this? And would you set up the story a little bit so we can understand? Yeah, so I told a story at the end of the sermon. Um, and essentially, it was the idea was that you're standing on a road. And on the left side of the street was a really terrible neighborhood. And, um, and, it, and it had really shoddy looking houses and the people were unhappy. And the further you look down that path, um, the, the worse it got. So if you were to go forward, it would be getting worse on the left side of the street. And that it was even darker on that side, like it was overcast in the neighborhood. And behind that, it faded to black. And then the other side of the street um, was nicer houses and the people looked happier. And the further down that path you got, the people, the, or the houses got nicer and nicer and the people looked happier and happier. It was even sunnier on the other side of the street. And behind that neighborhood, it also faded to black. And my point of that was that so many of us get deceived into thinking that there's a better life here on earth that we're supposed to pursue. And so we try to get a certain education, we try to get a certain job, and we try to achieve certain things, even have uh, a certain kind of family, and yet all of it is deception from Satan. So the, the point of being fade to black on the left side of the street was behind, behind that darkness was Satan. Satan's the one behind the bad neighborhood but also behind the nice neighborhood, it also faded to black because that was just another one of Satan's deceptions. And at that point in the story, I pointed people back towards the narrow gate. That was a totally different road. And it wasn't about getting to the other side of the street. It was about taking a completely different path. Yeah, and so I think one of your main points of that is that on the bad side of the neighborhood and on the good side of the neighborhood, it's too pathways to the same destination because people have different sins that they do like so so for some people uh maybe stealing is one of their main sins and pe there are other people who don't have any desire to steal at all so so satan uses another area of sin to get those people like sexual sin so maybe someone who steals is not interested in sexual sin at all but someone who's interested in sexual sin is not interested in stealing and that's the reason why the good and the bad neighborhood really represent just two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and here, especially here in the United States, um, and especially in our affluent neighborhoods, we get to the point where we think we have actually achieved something, that we're actually safe, that we're actually secure, right? So why do we need God? If I have plenty of retirement, if I have all, you know, if I'm healthy and I've got health insurance and all that, you know, why do I need God? And that's just another way the devil tricks us um, into walking on the wrong path. So that was sort of the, the point of that. Um, 
John, what does an abundant life look like contrasted to a life away from God? Yeah, so um, I think uh, like we were talking about earlier with the um, the differences in, in uh, like loving people, that kind of thing, um, and, and about the abundance of life, how it's not about riches, um, but what the abundance of life when it really boils down to it, the Bible actually talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And if you've been around church, you've probably heard of that idea. And I just wanted to read out what the fruit of the Spirit is. And this is what the Christian life is meant to eventually get to. And many of us, probably none of us, get to the fullness of these things before we die. But this is the goal. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so God introduced these um, in the New Testament. They are certainly fleshed out in the Old Testament as well, um, but they are fully fleshed out in the New Testament because I, I think it just, it really got, um, in the Old Testament, a lot of people did the right things, but their hearts were far away from God. And God, God was trying to point out to the people that, you know, Blood doesn't mean, um, or the sacrifice of animals is not sufficient for anything. And it's the same idea with this, that um, if, you're, if your actions do not reflect your heart, then it doesn't make any sense. You're not getting closer to God if you do good to people, but you're doing it for your own pride. You're doing it to make yourself feel better. And so the idea is to, to help, let's say, a homeless person because you actually love them, you actually care about them because they are made and valuable by God. Instead of just thinking, oh, I did something good and therefore I'm, I'm a good person, right? And so contrasted to the other side, which is um, what we may call lawlessness or something along those lines, is, is the idea that you're going away from the abundant life. Uh, these would be sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Um, so really just, I mean, we all know people who their life, especially, um, you know, maybe they're addicted to alcohol or drugs or something, and their life looks like this. They have outbursts of anger, you know, a lot of sexual immorality. They're always uh, in host hostile environments, you know, and it, it just, that's not who we want to be, right? And, um, you know, on the, on the flip side, the fruit of the Spirit is what we want to get to because they're also, those are all things that we really want, especially like peace. We may not think of that as something that we really desire, but um, we may think about like an actual war in Iraq, for example, but what we're talking about here is the peace of the inner life, um, you know, so we don't have anxiety or worries, that kind of stuff. And that's really what it boils down to is that God enables Christians to feel these um, things and so we can have an abundant life. And, and, and uh, that is why, yes, being a Christian is hard because you do get ridiculed, you you know, you lose relationships sometimes of people who don't want to talk to you just because you're a Christian. I mean, I've lost relationships just be simply because I'm a Christian, not because I was like trying to overwhelm them with Christianity or anything, simply because I didn't want to participate in 
let's say drugs or alcohol or anything like that, that pe people stopped being my friends because I wasn't fun anymore, right? Um, but in reality, I have a lot more peace um, in my life because I'm not doing those things. And I see their lives, um, you know, going to jail and things like that. I mean, they've done a lot of stuff that it's going to be on their record forever. And, you know, that's not what... I don't think it's wise to live that life if you want to be a good member of society. You know? Well, so one of the things that's interesting to me about this whole concept, and you know, we always, we hear Galatians 5 quoted a lot, and we always hear about the fruit of the Spirit, which, which is good. I mean, we should hear about the love, peace, joy, patience, kindness part of this passage, but you almost never hear the first part of the same passage. It's the same paragraph, right? Talking about the life that we led before we had the spirit in us. And that to me is the true miracle here. And for some of us, like, like you, you and I have had this conversation publicly where you and I have totally different testimonies in our path to God. Um, and you came to Christ as a, as a young person. And so although you intellectually understand that you were, sexually immoral, impure, indecent, an idolater, you know, had strife and jealousy in your life, you didn't experience it to the point that someone like me who came to Christ as an adult did. Um, and so for me, looking back at my life, because when, when Paul describes what the life before the Spirit looks like, I mean, I totally get that. That was who I was. Now, not every single one of them, you know, I didn't perform any witchcraft. Okay, I, I get off the hook for that one maybe, right? But um, I get it because that's who I was. And that's certainly what I desired. Um, and I think the real miracle here is not just that we can do those things, that we can have love and joy and peace and patience, but that we desire to have those things in our life. And then, of course, that the Holy Spirit enables us to actually do that. It's the... My old life is gone. My new life is here. Um, and that's, that really is the key to the abundant life. Uh, I think right there that we were trapped, you know, before I knew Jesus, I was trapped in all those old bad adjectives. I was stuck there. There was no way out. Um, but with Jesus, there's a way out. And, and not only am I out, but that old life is behind me and it doesn't ever have to raise its head again. Pretty exciting. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Uh, again, we hope you will join us for other audio podcasts that we'll be posting here. Uh, you probably noticed that uh, the sermons are posted in order that they were created. So they're older. If you're looking for some of these new sermons that we're talking about in our commentary, just go to our website or to YouTube. Uh, you'll find them uh, posted in the opposite order from most recent to the least. And we'd love to have you follow us. And if you ever have questions, want to know anything about Jesus, we would love to help you contact us at Steve Ellis Church. Take care.